Infinitely Local, a 21st century arts career. I'm a kind of lover who won't run for cover. What kind of lover am I? Come on, come on, baby, I'm loving, loving, lazy. What kind of lover am I? Put my bed above us, then I'll learn to love us. What kind of lover am I? comes from a field near my house. Carl and I were on our way swimming, and I decided to stop on a high hilltop in the tall grass and play you a song. I chose Queen of Quiet, one of my oldest tunes written when I was 19 or so, because it is the song of mine the internet says is currently the most popular, according to Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music, that is. I must admit that I wish my most popular song was of a more recent vintage, When I was trying to think of a song appropriate for this episode, I went through my catalog on Spotify, listening to my own personal favorites. I don't listen to much music, topic for another essay, and when I do, it is never mine. And yet, I listened to some recent songs and thought, hey, that's some good shit. It was a very satisfying feeling. If you don't know songs like You and Your Cigarettes, Your Enemies, Litany for a Minor Character, details of the crime, or that Sunday sound, maybe check them out. I've done a lot of cool stuff since I was 19. Anyway, why would I choose the most popular internet song to play on the hill beside my house? Because I have been musing, deeply musing, and trying to find an organizing principle for this phase of my career, the phase that includes facts of life, touring less, and making musicals. Let's call this new phase and principle infinitely local. I probably need a better name. Suggestions welcome, but let me explain what I'm thinking first. It's very helpful on a human level to have a plan. I am a planner. It feels like safety to me. Why? Because childhood. Another topic for another day. So, 
What exactly am I doing as an artist? How should I be thinking about myself? How should I be choosing to spend my internal and external resources? For 25 years, the answer was very simple and always the same. Write songs, make a record, promote and tour that record all over the world, repeat, 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 and with each repetition, theoretically expanding your reach and growing your audience. That's been the formula for a music career since the invention of recorded sound. It's a good formula. It covers a lot of bases a little bit. Radio, internet, concert, international, and national. Who doesn't want to see Beyonce at your local stadium? I do, but I missed my chance last month, dang it. Now, think about your favorite TikTok and YouTube stars. You love them. You watch their content and share it with your friends. But will you ever see them in person? Probably not. It's not what super internet famous people do. They need the tool of video and the infinite pipelines of online access to do what they do. And that's okay. There's also your favorite local band. The one without social media to speak of, but that you love to see yearly at the fair or asparagus festival. They are everywhere local and nowhere above that radar. There's something rare and wonderful, immediate and lovely about that career. Not too much pressure to be the next big thing, and the reward of being a longtime community staple. Lately, I've been curious about an arts career that takes fullest advantage of the infinite possibilities of the internet and the most hyper-local, unmediated version of music making. The internet part should be obvious by now. The facts of life is available to everyone, all the time, everywhere. And, I hope, it offers much more than a touring concert can offer. You get more of me, more often, on your schedule. More songs per year, if that's your jam. More conversations. I love it when I get email or comment responses to episodes. More, please. More of the person behind the songs, which is the foundation of why people love singer-songwriters in the first place. Now, on the other end of this spectrum is the hyper-local. And here, I had an idea a few years ago that has really taken root, is extremely satisfying for everyone, and I think easily portable for you and your community. Hey, y'all, popping in here all casual with the usual set of announcements. I will try to keep it brief so we can get back to the episode. I'm super excited. This fall, there are three productions of Miss You Like Hell happening. Merced, California, Seattle, Washington, and Tempe, Arizona on the campus of Arizona State University. Tickets and information are on my website, aaronmccown.com shows. If you go to any of these productions, drop me a note and let me know what you think. I'm really curious how they're going to turn out. Now, Later this fall, in November, I'll be going on tour with my awesome friends, the podcast Welcome to Night Vale. And I actually need a little bit of help with merchandise. It's super easy, works like this. You show up before doors, give me a quick hand after the show, and in exchange, you get two free premium tickets. I need help in Charleston, South Carolina, Tampa, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Atlanta. Drop me a note, Aaron, at AaronMcCone.com. Finally, I'm trying to grow this podcast. So if you haven't told a friend about it, please do. If you haven't subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or through Substack, please do. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, please rate or review 
Every podcast you listen to says the same thing because it's true. It helps people find it. And I really appreciate it. All right, y'all. Thanks. And back to the episode. Here in Massachusetts, we have a wonderful organization called Trustees that manages many properties across the state. Some are historic buildings, some are modern museums, lots of them are trails with wonderful vistas. In late 2021, after a gig at a trustees museum called Fruitlands, I was shooting the shit with Catherine and Michael from the organization. We were talking about lessons from the pandemic, naively thinking that we might be through the worst of it not knowing that the fall and winter of 2021-2022 would be the most deadly yet. Like the restaurant business, the music business had found ways to adapt that included being and doing outside what we all used to do inside, and nearly everyone was enjoying it more. I was remarking on how the pandemic had changed little from my local life because I was always outside anyway, hiking, walking, playing sports. Being outside is one of my happiest places. Obviously, as people that work for trustees, Catherine and Michael felt the same way about being outside. And then we had an idea. Instead of playing outside the museum as I had just done, why not think of all the trustees' properties as potential venues? There was hatched the idea for Scenic Songs, the trustees' version of my hyper-local idea. It basically goes like this. An artist and their audience hike together to a spot for a concert, then hike back together The concert is completely acoustic. Everyone carries just what they need, nothing else. And what if we discouraged cell phones? And what if along the way we stopped and looked and listened to the natural world around us? In the summer of 2022, the trustees had three concerts, one of which was mine at a property in Central Mass. I can't begin to tell you how rad it was. I met 35 truly awesome folks, characterized by a love of music curiosity, and a sense of adventure. I had many small but meaningful conversations with folks as we walked. I felt like I got to know my audience better, and they got to know me. It was one of the most satisfying artistic experiences of my career. This summer, the program expanded to more properties and included more artists. The audience per show stays capped for safety, environmental impact, and for the ability to connect personally. So last weekend, I met up with 35 strangers at a trailhead in western Massachusetts. This time I brought Carl, who instantly puts everyone at ease with his joyful greetings and easy presence. He and I welcomed everyone individually as they arrived. And, learning from last year's experience, I encouraged people to meet their fellow hikers. Talk to someone you don't know. You can't do that at a regular concert where it's dark and silence is encouraged. We hiked gently for about 45 minutes, and then I played my show at a shelter on the trail. Was it the best show I ever gave? No. Voices and guitars sound different from recordings when you're singing in the open air. Fingers don't always cooperate outside of the clean confines of studios, stages, and amplification. But I didn't care, and I don't think the audience did either. Sure, the music was important to listen to. The songs were some of people's longtime favorites. But also, there was the wind, and the grass, and the setting sun, and the insects. A wider audience, a hall with the tallest ceiling imaginable, a concert without walls in the most local of spots. You had to be there. So, that's it. That's my idea. Computers and hiking. Borderless distribution 
and conversation and song in the open air, the critical mass of a worldwide audience listening, and seeing the eyes of everyone who is listening in the moment. If there's an organization where you live that helps people get outdoors, that maintains trails and vistas, let's talk. If you're serious about it, I'll come. We can think of a better name than Infinitely Local, or maybe not. We can just walk together. that's it for the audio this week. This is definitely an episode where you're going to want to check out the linked version on Substack. There's pictures from the hiking concert. There's links to all kinds of stuff you're going to want to know about. So if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, pop over to Substack. The link is in the show notes and check out the version with pictures, etc, etc. Oh, and before you do that, please rate, review, and subscribe if you aren't subscribed on your platform. Thanks, y'all.